Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm Ron Kramer, the host of this show that I like to bring in the best and brightest minds in the Amazon and e-commerce space. This is episode 125 of Crossover Commerce, and this is my corner of the internet where the best and brightest, like I mentioned before, of the Amazon and e-commerce space are going to come here, unload all their knowledge upon you, the listener, so you can improve your business 1% at least today. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And as always, Crossover Commerce is presented by Ping Pong Payments, helping over 1 million customers now and transferring over $150 million a day in cross-border payments. And in the lifetime, doing $90 million of cross-border payments, helping e-commerce sellers just like you send or receive funds all around the world, whether paying out your VAs, your suppliers, manufacturers, employees, or just really receiving from any marketplace around the world. As your brand grows, grow with Ping Pong. Check out a free account with us today. Um, that being said, you know what they say about assuming, right? It makes a ass out of you and me is assuming what you think you know is the answer, but actually data suggests otherwise. That's why companies like PigFu exist. So that being said, I wanted to bring on friend of the show, Anthony Francesco, and he will tell us that sometimes you may not know the questions to ask regarding the answers that you need to know before getting, uh, launching either a product or growing your brand in e-commerce. So that being said, we want to catch up with him today in all things PickFu as they continue to dominate not just the e-commerce world, but e-gaming world, the publishing world, no matter what the world is, we're always going to be testing the questions that, again, we may not know the answers to, but we need to validate it with actionable data and insights. And that being said, want to go ahead and bring on already uh, our lovely friend of the show, Anthony Francesco of PickFu. Anthony, what's going on, man? Come on, man. Hey, Ryan, what's going on? Thanks for having me on the show. 125 episodes, man. You are you just don't ever sleep, do you? <laughs> I, sometimes <laughs> I don't. I, I, I like to feel that way, but it seems like you keep coming on in these like little milestones I had. Like we were one of the first couple and then 100 and now 125. It's just going to be a milestone check-in with PickFu and the, and the team over there, but... As since you've ha been on, you've been traveling around as well. You've come back and forth to the United States. You're in Brazil, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, right now I'm in Brazil. Um, it's kind of just a crazy long story. What a weird, what a weird year it's been. Really? Well, yeah, exactly. Why Brazil right now? Well, so right now I'm actually one of the big things I'm working on with my girlfriend is getting her a U.S. visa, which is a long process for Filipinos, and so. The reason we came back to Brazil is we were looking at visa appointments for her. And if she wanted to get it done in the Philippines, it was going to be late, late, late December. We were able to get an appointment much earlier in Sao Paulo. So we're doing it here and, and hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, but uh, it's early August is her appointment. Hopefully she'll get a visa to the U.S., a tourist visa, and then be able to come with me and spend a little bit more time in the U.S. But we'll see. It's all very so complicated. You're, <laughs> so you're saying that the country that she actually grew up in... I'm assuming she grew up in the Philippines. It's harder to get an appointment for the visa in the United States than if you went to a different country and then applied from a visa from that country into the United States. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, it's it's just a really long and complicated process. Also, we had been apart for more than a year when COVID started, and this was right. literally the only country that we could both go to with between travel restrictions and visa stuff. So. I guess I'll say for any of the Americans watching the show, like our passport, people don't even realize how valuable it is that we can just show up to 160 countries and they're like, come on in, no questions asked. It is not that way for other places around the world. It's very hard. 
Dear God. Well, I mean that, and that's, and that's in normal times too. I know it's a little bit trickier now, but fingers crossed for you guys and, uh, in her personal, you know, personal and professional lives that you guys can do that as well, because so much going on in the world. I'm sure that spending time in the United States is definitely one of those things you would want to get back to doing as well. But uh, I just want to give a shout out, obviously, uh, Anthony, actually, he said, can you introduce yourself? So Anthony, you, you've, you've had multiple businesses in the uh, e-commerce space. You're working with PicFu, which is an A-B test organization on the very simplistic side of things. But what's kind of, what's kind of your background in, in a nutshell for people who haven't heard you talk on the show before? Sure. So the really the really quick rundown is I actually used to work at Amazon. I worked there for a little over a year in loss prevention and kind of a fulfillment center operations role. I really loved Amazon. Don't have anything negative to say about working there. I think it's a great company. But after working there for about a year, I got an opportunity. The guy who had taught me how to sell and launch my first product on Amazon FBA, he had a very small creative agency and said, why don't you quit your job at Amazon relocate permanently to the Philippines and help me scale this company. And so I thought this is crazy. Uh, but I knew if I didn't do it, I'd end up regretting it. I moved out to the Philippines and helped to grow a company called Virtuous Graphics. It was a full service design agency doing photography, videography, copywriting, everything for the listing. And uh, we built that for two years and grew that team to more than 25 full-time creatives. We were lucky enough in the end of 2019, there was a, an aggregator in the space. Now there's a lot of aggregators. There's much fewer back then. <laughs> back but, when there uh, was just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but much less than there are now and much smaller, a much smaller aggregator. But they acquired that business. And um, one of the tools that I used heavily at our agency was PicFu. We were using it for main image optimizations for our clients. So I had met the founders, Justin and John. I'd met them at Prosper the year before. And so after selling the business, I hit them up and I said, I think this software tool is literally the coolest thing, but no one, not as many people know about it that should. And so you can, I'd love to come on the team, you know, pitching myself, like literally just, just let me, let me work for you. Let me prove myself. And they, they were kind enough to let me do that. And that's what I've been working on for the past year and a half is really digging into some of the educational content around PicFu and getting the message out for e-commerce sellers mainly about what is market research and why should you care? Exactly. Well, that's the beauty of what you are doing. Your your title is uh, industry liaison, but your expertise is working with creative side functionality, what audiences are looking for, what's really successful. And that's what's so fascinating is that we're using a tool like PicFu. And again, you said, you said software. I, I almost think of it as a service because it's a service that has human input behind it. It's not just data that is you know, you're pulling from all these different click points or uh, impressions, you're actually looking at human opinion. And this is almost a, it's this hybrid model that I think is super valuable is opinion is always key in the space of, is this like good or bad? And we all get really close to our brands. Why is it important to use a solution like PicFu? So maybe talk, give a brief little quick overview. Why is PicFu important in the eyes of not just entrepreneurs in the e-commerce space, but entrepreneurs in all these industries you're serving uh, across the board. Absolutely. So first thing I'll say is PicFu did not invent market research, right? Market research has been around since the beginning of time. We've seen it in movies. People, you know, maybe you've got the focus group inside the room. They give someone the product and they're seeing how people are going to react spontaneously and kind of get that feedback. The Maybe the data scientists writing down with their uh, their clipboards and different things like that. Um, you've probably seen people at the mall like saying, hey, will you take a survey? Can I ask you questions? 
the whole reason PicFu was created is because there's this, this massive industry around market research, but it was very inaccessible to small business owners, people that didn't have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to spend. So right now, if you know, when we had a consultant come in who works in that industry, they came in and they were telling us when Nike or when Under Armour, when they launch a product, they're going to dedicate a significant amount of money to market research so that when they take a product to market, they know it might not, you know, get the highest sales numbers, but they know it's not going to fail completely. Um, versus we see this a lot of times with, with people who are launching brand new products, they might take something to market. They've done the product research. They think it's validated, but for whatever reason, their brand doesn't resonate. The design of their product doesn't resonate. And I've heard of people that have 500, a thousand units of a, of a, of an initial order that just sit in FBA warehouses until they have to get rid of it and liquidate it. And so I think more and more business owners, as it becomes more competitive in the FBA space in the e-commerce space, people are realizing, hey, there's certain things that before I go and take a product to market, um, market research is important. And there's a reason that the biggest companies in the world have been doing this for so long. Uh, PicFu is just something that allows anyone to go in and have access to an audience right off the bat. It's a very simple tool to use. There's no expensive subscriptions to use it. And so it kind of democratizes the ability to get feedback from people that are not yourself or your, your spouse or your friends. Yeah, an accessible way of getting insight from other people. It's it's simple as that. And I like to think of you guys as the people behind the the mirror and, and taking notes all the time and saying, interesting, interesting, and you know, whispering in the ear. You this are your customers are the ones whispering in the ear what questions to ask. And it says it could be as you know, simple as what what do you think of the logo, comparing versus other your competitors, uh, or even just the products itself. So that being said, going into 2020, we just hit the this is the beginning of the second half of 2021, which is crazy that this year has already flown by. I mean, for me at least. So that being said, what's new with PicFu? What, what's kind of going on? I kind of wanted to, that you guys are popping up on all these different projects, uh, announcements, what's going on. So I just wanted to, as a trusted partner of of uh, Ping Pong and one of the great partners in the e-commerce space, what, what's new with you guys in, uh, in the space? Yeah. So the, the, the thing is, like I said earlier, there, there's phases of everything for the business. You know, I, I remember when I first started selling on Amazon, you could actually probably run a pretty successful Amazon business and you might not necessarily have to run PPC, right? This was like maybe four or five years ago. Now that's not the case, right? Like people understand if you're selling on FBA, you have to dedicate at least some portion of your budget that's going to go towards pay-per-click, right? Because you just won't even show up, right? That's It's just important. It's something you have to do. It has to be a part of your strategy. And so I think a lot of the work we've been doing over the past year and a half is starting to solidify itself in people's minds that you don't necessarily need to spend a ton of money on market research, but this should be one line item, the same that way that you wouldn't uh, skimp out on your inspections. You wouldn't skip out on your payment provider and just say, hey, I'm going to go through my own bank and try to do all this payment processing myself. You re people are realizing that there's certain tools. It's not going to dramatically change your business, but these are the 1% changes that there's the checklist. And as an aggregate over time, these are what to help your business become more profitable, to help streamline your process, to make better decisions. And so what we've really been doing over the past year and some of the announcements well, I was really focusing on scale, right? Our numbers have been really growing. A lot more sellers are realizing, hey, market research is important. So one of the big things that we've been working on for quite some time that went live about a month ago is we did a full website redesign. Uh, and a lot of that started with, we knew from talking to our clients and talking to our biggest customers 
that market research, they knew it was important. They knew split testing was important, but it was something that they had never done before. So we really rethought the entire way that polls were created and that they were built. And we created some templates in there as well. So before you had to start everything from scratch, now you're able to go in and say, hey, I wanna test a logo or I wanna test a main image. And then it's gonna give you drop downs with different question templates. And so it's a lot more intuitive and it kind of guides you along the process. We also made a bunch of different aesthetic updates to the, the platform itself, just the look and feel kind of, I, I, and it's cool to see this with software companies is that they go through these different phases and you think you have a good product at one point, but then you, you work on something and the new thing comes out and you think, I can't believe we, people were actually using that platform before. And so we've just been listening to the customers and, and putting a lot of time and effort into how can we make this a tool that's not only effective, but it's also really easy and user-friendly to, to get through using. You guys are probably using your own opinion or your own advice and you you listen to the customer. Ultimately, it's you probably A-B testing your entire website. I'm assuming that this process undertook. I, I could be assuming, but it's not just branding. It's the functionality of what you guys need in terms of uh you know, functionality, what resources are people looking for? How can you optimize in that regards and continue to tweak and move forward and grow from that? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's certainly true. We definitely use PicFu a lot for our own testing. And I'd say, you know, not all of it is design. A lot of it is exactly what you're saying. How can we reduce friction? How can we, I mean, we were, there were so many things in the old design terminologies that we were using that it didn't even make sense to me when we started. I was like, what does this thing mean? And how do I explain this to someone else? And then you're like, okay, how can we, how can we just start from the beginning and something that's intuitive, something that when people read it for the first time, they're like, oh, okay, no explanation needed. I, I understand. So that's a lot of what we've been focusing on. So the internal pain point, what, what were the, some of the ones that maybe you can share with us? Is it, is it just streamlined and getting going or uh, removing those barriers to, for customers getting started or to continue on? What, what were some of those pain points? Definitely the biggest one for new users is just figuring out how to write a question, right? You're spending maybe $50, maybe $75 to run a single poll on PickFu, depending on what kind of audiences you're choosing. And people would go in and write questions that if you'd never write a question before, it, it made sense. They might just say, hey, I've got two different images of product packaging. Which image do you prefer? But there was, we saw that when we were writing a questions, being a little bit more experienced, that just adding in a little bit of context, like, hey, I'm trying to sell this organic, you know, nut or fruit grain bar, which packaging do you prefer? Just that little bit of context for the panel really helped to get a lot better responses, right? People weren't just evaluating it. What do I think about how this packaging looks? Now I know, oh, this is, it's an organic product. It's supposed to be healthy. It's supposed to be for, for energy, for fitness. And so, helping people kind of bridge that gap to not only have more confidence when writing the questions, but just be more effective in terms of what they're asking. Because it's like the the market research is only going to be as good as the input. And so we saw that was like a huge pain point. Um, aside from that, it, we, we've really done a lot of work with, um, on in terms of the larger accounts, I'd say that, and I know I can say this publicly, but pretty much every major aggregator in the space is using us heavily. Um, pretty much all of the top Amazon 500 sellers, like the vast majority are using PicFu. And so it's also building out a success team around that. Like, okay, how can we, for people that are really using this heavily, how can we actually get more integrated with their creative teams? How can we do some more handholding and do some training so that they're ready to just steamroll through? They can integrate PicFu or market research into their creative process. So we've been working on that a lot. 
We've been building out an agency program. So more and more agencies are joining because we get a lot of, uh, a lot of clients that come to us and say, hey, PicFu's great, but who can actually do the creative work? Who can do my images? Who can do my videos? And so giving them a, a, a certification process for how to use PicFu and then they can take it back into their own agency because we, we don't do any creative, you know, anything, any kind of creative work. So just, yeah, trying to close the loop and, and help people get better assets for that, sure. That was my question. I saw you guys had recently um, became, there's a certification floating around and actually uh, one of the people I saw that from was someone who already commented in Sumner. Uh, shout out to him. I know he's in Mexico right now. Who's yeah, yeah. living up the dream and uh, check out Sumner's YouTube channel. Everyone, if you're listening or watching, watching this, uh, former uh friend of the show obviously and obvious uh him and his wife, his wife actually uh interviewed me and just recently went on their uh youtube page and that was a lot of fun to record with them as well uh client of ours uh but also i know they he got certified with pickfu so what does that mean like he said certification what what does that mean and what how, what does that carry in weight uh for anyone out there who maybe wants to become certified with pickfu yeah, basically. So we, we created it. You know, I, when I first came on to PicFu, I'd never worked with a software tool before. So I was going through every software tool that I knew that I knew that I had used. And I was just case study after case study, listening to podcasts, listening to the, the, the CEO, the founder talk about what was able to, to spurt their growth. And one of the ones that I came across was Canva. And the, the CEO, who's just an amazing woman, she's walking through one of the biggest things that they did um, was some kind of training, some kind of certification just to get people to go in and use the tool. And so I had this moment in my mind where it really clicked that, okay, PicFu is just one component. It's just market research, but it works hand in hand with the people that are actually doing the creative work, right? You can do all the market research you want and you can learn about how your images are terrible or good or how they could be improved. But if you don't have someone who can take that and execute on that, it's like, you're never going to get really good creative. And so I started thinking we had a agency, we had a competition a few months back that went public where we had four agencies competing on a listing for Kevin King. And it was like, really, we learned probably more from that, or I learned more from that than seeing individual clients use PicFu themselves. And so we wanted to create a program that educated agencies on how to use PicFu. Um, and so basically all it is, is it's, it's about 90 minutes of training material. It's really easy to go through. We have a practical exam that's like 20 questions. And once you go through that, you, you'll have a very good understanding, a very deep understanding of all the different ways you can use PicFu, some suggestions on how to integrate it into your pricing model. And then one of the benefits is you get a, an ongoing trade discount. So any polls that you're doing on behalf of your clients, you're going to get a discount that kind of buffers your margins to kind of account for the time that you're spending to set up the polls. Um, and then we also have a, a, an agency directory. So you've probably seen my talks before, like all of my talks are about conversion optimization and about the best practices I've seen, you know, in, in the industry. And so at the end of a lot of my talks, it's people are coming up and they're like, that was a great presentation. Do you have any recommendations of, of agencies that can do the work? And so this is something that we wanted to do. Now we just say, go to the agency directory. Everyone who's listed there is super legit. And we've, some of the agencies we've worked with have just gotten a tremendous amount of business because again, we don't do any of that in-house. We want to kind of put it back out into the community and recognize the agencies that are up on the hottest trends and that are able to do really consistently good work. That's a great partnership referral network. Uh, as you and I both know, this industry is a lot of people are not just going to be listening. I, you know, not everyone can do it, right? Not everyone can do it effectively or well. Everyone can talk about it and they know how to do it. But if you're talking about quality work and what they specialize in, you have to go to those niche 
either services or providers. And that's where a lot of this partnership amongst this community happens is you guys specialize in one unique resource. And that's why everyone can come to you for that. But then obviously when you have people like ping pong who specialize in cross-border payments, you go to us, you have people who are uh, listing optimization, you go to those copywriters, um, photography, same thing. All those kinds of things work hand in hand and not everyone wants to do it all themselves. And if they do, you can get spread too thin. So do you feel like, do you feel it with that kind of referral network or that partnership kind of aspect? Does that, does that become a competitive or do you feel like that there's any negatives with only highlighting those individuals and not others, or it's kind of a, you have to know that they're a trusted resource. They're not just here to get their name out there and then uh, kind of do wrong by the customer. Cause you ultimately have to protect your clientele, correct? Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, people are, agencies are in a wide range out there. And this is coming from someone that used to run an agency, right? It's, it's hard. It's still, I think very hard in the industry to find agencies that can consistently do good work and really meet time deadlines. It's, it's really hard. And anyone who's gone out and contracted agencies to do any work, I'd say even with the best agencies, there, there's a few out there and I'm not going to like call out anyone on the show, but there's some that are really good. And I, 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 I'll make personal recommendations and Hey, go work with these people. Um, but it's, it's hard to get the agency thing, right? What I know that we're doing though, is for this specific lane of creative optimization, which we call, it's kind of like a, a multiple iterations of starting somewhere, having multiple iterations and getting to that final product. I believe it's you're, you're reducing a lot of the risk on the agency just by going through this process, because normally when when a seller is going to go out and contract an agency to make creative work, the model that a lot of agencies have is you have one fee, you get one set of deliverables. So you're saying, hey, I want packaging and this is the packaging. And when you're done, that's it. And I think that's actually a bit short sighted. And we talk about this a lot in the agency program is that you should really be going out as an agency and selling, hey, we're going to give you three different versions of this product packaging. That's going to be the base. And then we're going to refine from there. We're going to use PicFu to test those three. What's the winning one? And we're going to go down that funnel to make it really good. And recognizing that the pricing for agencies and any agency that's going to price you for like, this is one fee for one thing, you can probably get good work. But if you look at all of the best companies that are really crushing it right now in terms of conversion rate, they're not going and saying one version of the packaging and that's it. They're going through many different iterations and many different versions because that's what real companies do. The marketing team, you're not just like Nike's not like, hey, we're launching a new product. Here's one thing of the packaging. And they're like, yep, that's what we're going to use. That's It's not at all how it works. And now we're starting yeah. to see uh, even third party FBA sellers that are going through that whole process because that's what you need to compete. That's just the reality. Not everyone is going to want to hear that. It's going to mean more spending on agency side, but that's what you need to, to be good in, in my opinion. Well, you mentioned the the word I think a lot of people want to hear is the term is speed. Uh, the, this marketplace has become quick to iterate um, and then fast to adopt. And I think you need that in terms of trusted partnerships, because if you know that something is working, like you said, if you just sit on it for a long time, you can have your competition either subvert you or they can get those data and analyses real quickly and then they can adjust. So you need to be able to trust those kinds of individuals to come up with it quickly, get answers quickly and then move forward from there. But again, knowing the answers uh, up front before you can kind of assume, because again, assuming is is the uh, gateway to all bad things that could potentially come to you, um, bad money-making decisions, bad branding decisions, so on and so forth. So you said the network is how many, how big right now? Maybe like of, uh, 25 or 30 agencies in it. 
Okay. So clearly not the whole world of agencies. If they want to, is this something you're heavily marketing or is this something that you guys are actively trying to promote and push and attract new agencies to be a part of? If, if people want to come and join, then, you know, absolutely. You're the they guy to, to talk to, right? Yeah. They can go to agencies.pickfood.com and, and apply. Um, we're definitely not actively marketing it. There's, there's so many things. This was something that we did to kind of help out agencies. I'm hoping in the future that, and, and I'm, I'm getting some, I'm chatting with some different people earlier this year, we did this amazing listing competition with four agencies competing. My vision is to really use this as a, as a tool. There's a lot of really good work going on in the industry right now. And I think the companies that are really doing right and focusing on delivering exceptional results for their clients, they're doing really well. And um, I, I've, I've gotten to collaborate with some of these people on my presentations. What my vision for this agency program is, is really to use it as a way to showcase like, okay, what are the best agencies in the industry doing? And then how can other agencies learn from that? How can we just get the standard up overall for the industry? And also let other agencies see, you know, there's a competition aspect to it. But it's like Tim Jordan says, right? It's not, we're not splitting a small pie. The pie is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And if the level of everyone is, is raising and people, even smaller agencies can learn what the standard is, what the best agencies are doing, they're going to make their, their strategy either completely be rethought. Like maybe I'm thinking about this completely wrong. Maybe I'm trying to service these creative assets at the lowest cost possible when in reality I should be charging much more, but the quality is much higher and I'm not going to, you know, make anyone frustrated when they come to work with us. It's always going to be good. And so that's what I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see, you know, I want to see what, what does the best look like and how is that going to change the industry? Because I deep down, I know I'm rambling here, but I know deep down what I think is like, we have all these traditional retailers that are now having to fit into this e-commerce space. And I think you're going to see people that are in our friend group and in our industry that are going to be operating some of the biggest companies in 10 to 15 years, the biggest companies in the United States, if not the world. And they're going to have grown up from this small space of Amazon FBA, and they're going to be nationally recognized brands. And uh, it would be cool to see these people get there, you know, competing with the biggest brand, the, the biggest national brands we have now are going to be competing with brands that started on FBA. Well, everyone starts from somewhere. So I'm, I'm ready to go on that journey with you too. So I'm, I'm hoping to see a lot of our friends, like you said, in this circle, again, lots of companies that overlap, they help each other out, but it was really cool. Something that I have never seen before. And you referenced it and let's, let's go ahead and dive into it is the, um, the, the competition you were talking about, the Amazon listing competition. The link is uh, in the comment section below, and it's also linked out if you're listening to this in the show notes. So go ahead and check that out. It's it's almost like this recap of what it was. So by definition, you had some of the agencies, you said multiple agencies, you picked four of them. One of them happened to be a friend of the show, Kenji ROI and Danny Carlson's team. They uh, they pitched, maybe walk us through, like what was the concept? What was the brain uh, kind of thought processes behind this? and uh, wanted to do, you create a competition around how to enhance a product and how you list it out and uh, build creative based upon tools like PickFu. Yeah, basically. So this was a crazy idea that I pitched to the PickFu team. I didn't even go and get to pick from the agencies. I just called up four agency owners that I was, you know, that I had known, had a personal relationship with. And I was like, what do I got to do to get you to do a whole listing of, and, and we're not going to pay you for it at all. And I think there might be some exposure, but also no one might watch it. And so I was fortunate enough that four of the people that I asked, um, they all said yes. And then, you know, I was, I was having a conversation with Tim Jordan and 
you know, we're thinking about, oh, what product are we going to get? And he's like, well, Kevin King has this Germ Shark product, this hand sanitizer. And right. He's being very public about this launch. Maybe he would let the competition focus on that. And I was like, well, this is great because maybe Kevin can help get it some some exposure. And uh, we ended up also getting to work with Karen Thomas from Helium 10. And mm -hmm. so basically what it was is Kevin had this product, Germ Shark, that he was launching. Um, he had put it through the initial launch and there were some core problems in terms of messages on the listing that weren't being received correctly. Hand sanitizer, even though it seems simple, there's a lot of nuanced things about it, like the smell or how quickly it's going to dry from your hands or if it's got safe ingredients. And or so what it's packaged in, which I love this story of what he tells. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, exactly. the garbage bag that he said that people were packaging and shipping it off from basically of a bag that would just explode everywhere inside a box or anything of that sort. So uh, problems that exist in real life, right? These are not just Kevin King is a eight figure, nine figure seller. I'm going to say nine figure seller. And he has the same problems that people are just starting have all the time. It's just, how do you, how do you, how do you solve those problems? So yeah, continue. Sorry. No, no, you're, you're spot on, right? Kevin King is arguably, you know, he, he knows what he's doing when it comes to launching products. And so he had this product and Basically, what he allowed us to do is we had these four agencies. We gave them uh, a brief based on uh, all of these things that they wanted to enhance or upgrade with the listing or clarify. And so we had four different categories. There was photography, there was graphic design, copywriting, and video. And uh, the agencies had about a month and a half to, there were 16 different deliverables. The video that you'll watch, we had to really slim it down. Uh, but you know, we had 16 different deliverables. And so they went and redesigned things like the packaging, went and redid the some of the copy, uh, did some photography shoots, did video. And uh, then Karen and Kevin were the ones to actually judge it and to come up with a, a score based on who they thought did the best. Um, aside from the agencies that were involved, there was two copywriting teams. So uh, two of the agencies didn't have in-house copy teams. So we paired them up with uh, Amy Weiss, big shout out, and also Sasha Gorlick. Uh, from Sasha Gorlick copywriting, copywriting that went and helped with that. And so the cool thing was the, the, the deliverables from the agencies were all really good, really top notch. Uh, getting to see Karen and Kevin vote was helpful. Really cool to see their perspectives, but was even more, and this is a, a, a little pitch for PicFu, is we gave PicFu unlimited access to all the agencies to use. And that made a, a big difference in terms of getting higher quality deliverables. And then also getting to see, you know, Kevin, who again is a is an expert level seller going through the pick few results uh, and that would actually challenge his own thoughts about what he thought was good um, and coming to the realization that with a lot of these products when we're the ones selling them we're probably a lot of the times too close to the product to make really good and unbiased decisions about what people really want and that's kind of the whole point about pick Fu. you can watch the you can watch the YouTube video you can check out the article but there was a lot of little aha moments um, not only for what the judges thought versus what PicFu thought, but also too in terms of how the assets were created. So like one of the agencies, it was crazy to see their process because we could see in the back end the tests that they were running through. And they like started off with this one, it was like, imagine the Sistine Chapel where it's like the hands reaching out and they were kind of like reaching across the, right. the hand sanitizer. And then they like change the variation and they go through like five or six different variations to end up with an infographic and you're like, wow, the basis of this is like, we want to replicate the Sistine Chapel. And you see this theme go through in their videos and you're like, this is, it's like art at some level. And, and it's just really cool to see. Well, that's what branding is to affect it, right? You're telling a story and by definition, you're invoking either an emotional response, you're telling a story or you're painting a picture 
uh, either literally or figuratively. And that's what this competition is. And again, no spoilers to who ended up winning. You're going to have to check out the link in the, the comments section right there on the screen or in the show notes to, to see who ended up winning. So with that being said, do with public something as public as this, does that, does that improve your ability to get creative with this aspect? Or is it something that you know that um, being creative with what, what I mean by this question is, is it easier to be creative when you know there's other people who are going to go after the same either thoughts or products and, and maybe you're trying to win business? Or is it something that is, is just a motivating factor? Like this is their day to day. Is it, Do you think you saw more creativity from this because of this competition or maybe day to day if a seller went to this and you're like, Hey, I have this problem. Is this something we see continuously with agencies, with other marketing service providers? Do you, does that make yeah, sense to you? Yeah, that does make sense. I think that that's the, that's the part that really makes me excited to do something else like this, another version, because it's very competitive in the industry. And I think people that are running these businesses and the creative teams behind them, they wouldn't be doing this if they weren't very competitive and if they didn't want to win. And so I think that's what pushes people uh, to the max. Uh, I also think though that the nature of the beast I'm selling on a platform like Amazon, if you're selling on your own website, maybe a Shopify, something, a custom store, you're a little bit insulated. You don't see ever your competitors on the same page. But the nature of the beast in selling on Amazon is people are going to come in, they're going to type in a product and how Amazon is set up is for competition. Right. So the, the whole kind of concept we were talking about earlier where, OK, if you go and update your creative, you just got to believe you just got to bank on the fact that if you put out something really good for a main image or your product packaging, that your competition is going to go and copy it almost exactly into a legally safe way inside of three months and six months. And if you're a competitor and you're not looking at what your competition is doing and saying, oh, shoot, ours is not up to par with how this is looking, that's not going to be a good long term strategy. It's just the nature of the beast. And so the, the, the thing that's really cool about this is it teaches you if you want to be successful in this game, maintain your ranking, maintain your sales and keep your margins in a, in a good place where you can justify a high price point. You got to be regularly upgrading your creative. I think the competition part is good. Um, it, I think it replicates what actually happens in the real Amazon space. This we were lucky because Kevin allowed us to use his product in the future. I'm not 100 percent sure. But what I really want to see and I was talking with Tim Jordan about this. I'd really like to see a, a competition between the aggregators and the people with real budgets, real ability to put together creative strategies. Everyone gets up and they say, hey, our aggregator is the best. Come and sell with us. But who actually really has the ability to, to put together a really robust creative strategy? And I think what we'd probably see out of that is you'd obviously some that are better than others. But I think you'd see a lot of similarities in terms of how things are. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I don't want to give too much away, but I think there's really something here. Right. Well, you, I mean, you made, you gave us the ultimate tease, right? Is I, I think that I would take away if I'm a listener right now to us is with money, there comes a little bit more opportunity, right? To an extent, um, you have the capability to tap into resources, um, the ability to brand at scale. You have the human resources, which is a part of this. Um, so is there, uh, is there maybe, I won't say disconnect. Is there maybe something that we need to worry about with at scale, the capability for people to take this nature and then build it out to something as beautiful. Like you said, the idea of infographics and kind of build on that. But if I'm just a one person team, how, how is it that I want to use PicFu maybe as a beginner seller versus at an enterprise or medium sized business? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely does make sense. I'd say if, if you're first starting out with PicFu and, and you really are trying to use it in a cost-sensitive cost way, is think about different creative assets and think about what's going to cost you a lot of money and what's going to cost you a lot of time to do. So a really good example of this, imagine you're launching a new product and you're saying, hey, I am going to go create a logo and I'm going to go and get that logo trademarked. This process is going to take six to 900 bucks to do, probably if done in the US, and about six to nine months for that trademark, that logo, that look to be approved. And once that's done, you don't want to go back and change it, right? This is what you need to get enhanced brand content to get, I'm um, sorry, to become a branded uh, seller to put A plus, all these different things on your listing. And so this is something you want to do once and you want to get it right. So if you think about that, you've got this expensive going and getting a logo, you've got the time it takes to get it approved through the trademark process. This is a time that you're going to want to spend $50, $100 on a PicFu test and make sure that the logo you're putting out is good. Same thing with your product packaging. I see all the time sellers are launching a new product and they're like, well, I'll figure out the packaging later. And what they end up doing is they go with whatever the default packaging is from their manufacturer. They send mm -hmm. it into the FDA warehouse. They put up their images and there's something about the packaging that doesn't signify this is a reputable brand. This is something that justifies the price point. And they get killed. The, the algorithm goes through. They're not converting. And then they end up having their MOQ might be 500, 1,000 units. And what are you going to do? Are you going to pull all that inventory out of FBA, repack it with new packaging? Like no one does that, right? It's, it's not going to happen. So people look at it and they're like, well, I can just do one design on the packaging. It's not just the, the time and the money it's taking you to design the packaging. It's like, what is, what is the opportunity cost of just not getting that right from the beginning? What's going to be the impact on your conversion rate? So think about, I, I, for new sellers, I try to recommend thinking about it like that. Um, another really common one I see, this is also for veteran sellers. Imagine, I see, I, I've heard this story so many times. People are launching new variations. They have an existing ASIN, it's doing very well. And then they're like, okay, I'm gonna come out with a few different color variations. And, and they just go and they, 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 they call up their manufacturer. They're like, these are the new color variations. And they're like, cool, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. They get them in. And then the reality of what sells is far different. And so if you would have just taken the time and said, hey, here's the new color variations, run a few cycles of pick foo, and then you find out that the, the cyan color or the red or the, the magenta, people didn't like that at all. Well, now mm -hmm. I don't need to go order a thousand units. Maybe I can get those down to a hundred units or not at all. And then the ones that pulled really well, those are the, the inventory types I'm gonna double down on. So just think about like, if you're ever doing something major, it's gonna take you time or money to, to fix it. PicFu is a nice little insurance policy there, and it's it's almost definitely going to be worth the money. Well, and here, let's take it a step further. So you're localizing at a different marketplace, too. You're going into Canada, you're going into Germany, you're going into Australia. All three different marketplaces that are going to have different buyer pools, different things that speak to them. What is it going to, what's going to pull out those people with your kind of product? Again, you're talking about just colors. Localizing just colors is Australia. They're going to have different... Um, Regions, they're going to have different individuals who green maybe be pulling towards them more. And then Germany, maybe it's blue or red or black. They're all going to be different in terms of localizing as well, because it's not just uh, country culture. It, it can go as deep as religion. It can go as deep as like gender. So those are the things, like you said, just going at even a step further at global expansion. It's not just as simple as color. It's about the concept of localizing, making sure that you know that something is going to speak well with it whether it's on the packaging in words or it's just the perception of high quality or feeling that you're giving at the end of the day so that that's really cool so what about 
here's maybe a controversial question. I'm going to shoot myself in the foot if I ask you, has Hikfu ever been wrong about a question that's been asked? I know you guys don't represent the, yeah. the buyer pool, but has Pickfu ever been proven wrong before? Sure, absolutely. You think about it like this, Pickfu, at the end of the day, you're asking questions in a vacuum. Uh, these are not people really buying your product. I think we're more wrong in other areas and less wrong in, in other areas. So let, allow me to explain, right? Sure. Some people want to come in and they want to use Pickfu to do price testing. They have, they're like, okay, these are some B-complex vitamins and they want to come in and say, okay, what do you think the price point of this product should be? Or would you rather pay $15 or $30? That is not the best use case to use PickFu, right? Just use something like Splitly, use something like Listing Dojo uh, to go in and do those kind of tests. Where PickFu is much less wrong is when you're asking about a creative concept. What do you mm -hmm. think? What do you notice? What engages you most? What makes you the most excited about seeing this? Because there seems to be something dramatically similar between how people's brains work in terms of processing things, what we find to be uh, actually good to see. But at the end of the day, it's like you are asking questions in a vacuum. What we will say in terms of being right, it's like this is almost definitely like it makes logical sense. This is going to be better every single time than, hey, I'm coming up with packaging and I'm just going to go with my gut or I'm going to ask someone who might be in, who might be inherently biased to answer the question, like my partner or my spouse or my friends. Mm -hmm. And so is getting a sample size of 50 people going to be better than asking one person and reading th through those responses in that regards i think we're almost almost never wrong but also too you could just ask the completely wrong market so like if you're selling to an audience that's like males and doesn't exercise and then you target your i don't know why you would do this but you target your audience in terms of females that have a high exercise frequency you know maybe yeah that then you would have skewed answers but most people are smart enough to not ask the dramatically wrong audience of who they're selling to Right. That makes sense. So, I mean, that, that, that's something that I think people have to also assume is again, this is not a, a silver bullet as, uh, the term I use that Casey Goss always uses. There's no ever silver bullet that fixes every single problem. This is something that it's going to help you reassess or guide you in the right way. So that that's something I want to make sure and clear, not to call it pick food. I would love for you guys to be hundred percent, right? It's almost like the crystal ball, right? We want to make sure we know the exact feature, but it's always the how you interpret what's presented to you in that regard. So um, that being said, what's kind of the, so as we work more into 2021, again, the second half of the nature, I personally have seen more creative coming out with images and videos. Do you see videos becoming more and more important as brands kind of develop? Are you guys testing those? Or what, what are the additional things that people, customers are requesting for you to test for them. Yeah, video is just getting bigger and bigger. And the thing is, the, the application for PicFu is, is much larger for a video than it is for anything else. Because again, think of what we were talking about earlier, the time and the cost it takes to produce a really well done video. Um, getting some feedback in terms of early on in the creative process and then also later on in the post editing, some of the biggest things we're seeing in video right now for these PPC ads that show up in the search results. The videos that we see seem to be the most effective are very short form. Uh, they don't require any music and you're kind of seeing some words on the screen snipped between videos of people actually using the product, right? And so some of the most impactful tests that people, people have been running on those videos is what's the copy gonna look like? So if I'm maybe highlighting three or four features about this product, what's gonna be the first one? What's gonna be the second? Could I switch up those words You've already done the shoot. You already know that, okay, I've got good 
shots of people using the product, but like, what's the order of how those features should come up or what should the words be? If I'm just scrolling through the page, I'm seeing this video ad, is the first one or two seconds gonna be enough to make me watch it through to the end? Am I gonna get the crucial information that's gonna make me wanna click into the listing? Um, we're also seeing this as well for the longer form video ads, moving beyond just testing copy. People are using this, and this is a big thing that a lot of people don't think about, but let's say you're gonna hire a, a voiceover artist or you're gonna hire a spokesperson, right? You're gonna have a wide range of who you could pick from there. And you might be spending a significant amount of money, a couple hundred dollars, if not more, to hire a, an actual actor to do these speaking lines. And so now instead of just saying like, I don't know, we got a list of 15 people, I guess Brian sounds good for the male voice actor age 45 plus, or now you actually run these through uh, to, to test, to test the music backtrack, to test all of these. There's so many more rich components when it comes down into a video. And so um, if you're spending like $2,000, maybe $5,000 to put together a really good video creative, you can test a lot of individual components. Um, I think ad copy is probably one of the biggest, like what text shows up uh, and then things related to sound. Um, and then also hook, right? Like that's another big one we're seeing is people saying they'll, they'll shoot different versions of a hook um, and they'll run those through PicFu and they're gonna say, what which one of these is the most engaging? Which one's gonna make you wanna stop? Um, and we see this done over and over again. Also people recording in the, in the shoot, they'll have their script writers write out like five different versions of the call to action. They'll shoot all five of them, run it through PicFu. And so rather than having to run all these different variations through your ad platform, whether you're doing this on Amazon or likely off Amazon through like Facebook ads, now, instead of, instead of like putting it out there and spending thousands of dollars to see what works, now we know, oh, hook two linked with CTA four, this is what people want. And so I'm just saving a lot of time. Right. How do we keep people from getting paralysis by analysis? Because you talked about all the different ways that we can test these kinds of options. How do we, how do we protect people from going to these dark holes, if you will, of the possibilities of testing? And when, how far is far enough, basically? It, it really depends primarily on the size of your team. If you're a one-person show, if you're a one-person show with an outsourced team and you're managing creatives, stick to what I talked about before. Think about, is this something that's taking a significant amount of time and money? And only focus on using PicFu for those things. If you're a massive yeah. team yeah. and you've got the resources to do it, then you're going to want to think about integrating this more and more you know, it's like John Hefter from Thrasio. What he says is they're using PicFu for almost every major creative decision. If you're a smaller team, you're not going to be able to test like most of your infographics. You're just, you're, you can't, you probably don't have the budget to spend thousands of dollars per product just on PicFu. So think about what's going to be the, the thing that's hardest to change. It's going to take longest to change um, and it's going to have the biggest impact, whether that's CTR or conversion rate. Right. Because we're always iterating. So obviously integrating over time, the most important things first. And then as things continue to develop, like your brand imaging, um, you know, just enhancements in that regards, or just iterations from different products, do those over time, not just all at once. And, uh, you know, the best thing to do is get started once you have the correct information at hand, but then also just important information at hand, just know what's important to you and stick with it and don't get lost down all these different holes and never begin. Uh, you got to begin somewhere. So that's, that's definitely helpful in that regard. So uh, maybe maybe to close off the episode today, uh, Anthony, is what are you most excited about for the rest of the year, whether it's internally with your team or maybe externally with like things going on, whether it's events 
or just news that you think is out there that's happening um, or trends that you're seeing? What, what's kind of the exciting things uh, for you in that regard? I'll, I'll give a couple. One of the ones I'm really excited for, this is Amazon specific, is I, I've been really diving into this recently. I did some research and did a, and collaborated with, with Liron from uh, Incrementum Digital and he helped a lot. Amazon has this thing inside of its platform that very few sellers are using called managed experiments. It allows you to, inside of Seller Central, you can split test your title, your main image and your A plus content. This is something, not every ASIN is gonna be eligible, but for medium to larger size sellers, most things will be. This is something that's free to do. Go with your creative team, come up with a variation for your main image and start running these tests right away. This is, it's super valuable. Larger sellers are doing this and they're already picking up significant gains uh, in terms of testing these. It also takes a few weeks for each test, test to execute. It's a minimum of four weeks. So like if you start tomorrow on a main image test, you won't even have the results for a minimum of four weeks and they recommend going even longer. So start doing this now. I recommend starting with your main image, moving on to your title. And then the most difficult thing is gonna be A plus content, actually having duplicate versions of your A plus content. Go check this out, get your creative team to start doing this. Cause it is gonna be, it's, it's already helping sellers a lot, pick up little marginal gains. Um, the other thing that's really important about it is it doesn't affect your sales ranking. Thing not related to FBA specifically, I'm, dude, I'm super stoked that these conferences are coming back. It's been uh, a tough year. And it, like, I think just this whole partnerships, business development side of thing is just obviously, it's just not the same. You're like hitting up people on Instagram and you're like, hey, let's, let's do this thing. And you're trying to coordinate over WhatsApp. I cannot wait. Prosper is <laughs> gonna be in a week. I can't wait to see everyone. Can't wait to actually, I feel like things are gonna move 10 times faster then. Um, and then I also just got to give a shout out Helium 10. We just put out a, um, a software integration so you can actually use PicFu natively inside of the Helium 10 tool. It's something called audiences. You'll see that on the dashboard on the left-hand side. So if you're a Helium 10 user and you've never used PicFu, just check it out there. It's it's super easy to do. And uh, I'm just excited. Yeah, you can now use PicFu now within Helium 10. So surprise if you didn't know that. Yeah, man, I'm, I think this whole industry is it's it's going nowhere but up. Obviously, there's probably going to be ups and downs on the way to get there. But anyone who's here right now, anyone who's working in this, we picked the right place to be. Maybe it was luck. Maybe it was strategy. But uh, I'm, I'm just so excited to see what the rest of the year is going to hold for everyone. The answer was already uh, present. We already knew the answer. We just didn't know how it was going to be uh, presented to itself and what questions you're going to have to ask to get there. Right. So ultimately, uh, as always, what's the best way to connect with you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it through, like you said, Instagram messaging or anything like that? What, what's the best way right now for Anthony for them to connect with you if they have questions? You know, email's, email's fine, anthony at pickfew.com. It might take me a couple days. Uh, I think we all probably are a little bit overloaded there. But, um, you know, if, if we're at a conference, just come up and talk to me. You know, don't be shy. Uh, everyone is super nice and friendly. And, and I think that applies not just for me, but everyone in the industry, if you're watching this podcast, and uh, or you're listening to the podcast and you see anyone you want to talk to, everyone, I feel like everyone in this industry is super cool. There's not a lot of big egos, despite what people will tell you. And everyone I've met is like is, is remarkably really cool. And I remember coming to these conferences years ago and I was very nervous, but I was like, I'm just going to go up and talk to these this person and they'll just talk to you for 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 a long time and they'll answer your questions. And yeah, feel, so feel free to email. You can hit me up on Instagram, whatever works. I'll, I'll try to be as responsive as possible. 
Well, that's amazing. Well, I appreciate that invitation, but I, I can't imagine too the, the conferences that people will be interacting with people. Hopefully the engagement is not just amongst like thought leaders, but also on seller front as well. I, f I hear all the time people just don't interact, but the invitation is always open. So if you're listening to this, take advantage of that and just start a conversation, buy Anthony a beer or a drink, or just sit down in general and ask him a question or two. And I'm sure he'll uh, he'll definitely be a person you want to pick your, his brain uh, further on. So thank you so much, man, for hopping on. As always, again, front of the show, repeat. Uh, just wanted to make sure we understand where you guys were going. There's so much happening. So I, that's why I thought it was necessary to get PicFu back on here. Um, and if you haven't checked out PicFu, as always, you can actually check out the link with ping pong below in the comment section. I know we have a special sign-up bonus, I believe. It's or just you know a couple free um, polls, if you will. If you haven't signed up, go ahead and try that out as well. And as always, thanks so much, Anthony, for hopping on Crossover Commerce. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This has been really fun. Of course, anytime. Again, everyone, thank you for hopping on 125 episode of Crossover Commerce. This is my show where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon e-commerce space. This week has been crazy. We've had so many great guests and uh, you know individuals who have come and shared their own insights on whether it's brokering deals, whether it's just testing, or again, is it's anyone from uh, marketing standpoints as well. Next week will be a little bit different. Uh, this is being obviously filmed and recorded over what's a holiday weekend. So we'll be back in better than before. As always, I like to think we're better than before uh, the last episode. Here next Tuesday, uh, we'll have an action-packed week of you know people from different industries. We have shipping logistics we're going to talk about. We're talking about reimbursements with Gatita, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about just really sourcing and uh, logistics side of things. I think that's a question and topic that's always being brought up in one capacity or another. So we're going to dive a little bit more into that um, and some of the businesses that are helping provide some solutions. So as always, you can go and subscribe to our channels on social media, follow myself or Ping Pong Payments as well to be notified of future episodes. And of course, follow our guests as well. Anthony had to hop out already, but thank you so much, Anthony, for hopping on. As always, in Brazil, um, if you see him at Prosper Show, give him a shout out as well. I'm Ryan Kramer, again, host of this show, Crossover Commerce. Thanks for hopping on and listening to episode 120. Take care, everyone.